Boom, hello, and welcome to Trailer Made. I'm AJ. I'm Jim. And guess what? What? This is a new episode. Oh, yeah. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Got a lot of fun stuff planned for today. We're going to do the new Suspiria trailer, not the teaser, the full-length trailer. We're going to look at Outlaw King, new Netflix movie with our man Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. I pined for that guy. Wow. Yeah, that was cheesy, wasn't it? <laughs> and then we're going to look at Slice, the new film with Chance the Rapper. We're also going to be selecting the first trailer to be inducted in the Trailer Made Hall of Fame. Burp, 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 burp. Yeah, okay. It wasn't even a sound effect. That was just me doing it with my mouth. <laughs> it's a new new segment we've been wanting to do for a while now. So, yeah, it's just a, a chance for us to look back at classic trailers that we love and that came out before we had a podcast where we talked about them. Yeah, back when we were normal people, like you guys listening. Mm. But now we have a podcast, so we're elitist. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do all that. Plus, Jim has something he wants to get off his chest. What? Cue theme song. In a world where movie trailers have reached new heights, two semi-competent males will talk about them using microphones. AJ Gutierrez and Jim Schwartz in Trailer Made. You know, I, I forgot what life was like before having a great theme song. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to follow that theme song. It's like, will our podcast ever be as good as the theme song? Probably not, but that's we'll, the cross we bear. We'll try. So Jim, um, now that we're on a public forum, what, what's going on, buddy? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for giving me this opportunity, AJ. I really appreciate that. Um, I was a little hurt by our first troll. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, just to brief you real quick, we got a troll. Our podcast is growing. We have fans. And with fans come trolls. Which I guess is a good sign, you know? You're not really making a difference until you get some haters. Yeah. And you got some. Yeah. Let's, I, let's play, the, let's play the, 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 the voice message we got. Okay. Play, play the clip. Hello. It has come to my attention that your guest speaker is named Jim Shorts. That's weird. All right, so um, that was sent by someone on Anchor who goes by the name Hideous Trolls. Not trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're being pretty upfront <laughs> with what they're there to do. I, I checked their profile; they don't have any podcast episodes. Because she's a troll. She's Jim. just trolling. That's what trolls do. I mean, here's okay. Here's the thing: you can make fun of my name all you want. You think you're the first person that's pointed out that my name sounds like Jim Shorts? I embrace that. What really got to me is that she referred to me as guest speaker. Yeah. What made her think that I do? Do you think I'm a guest speaker? Of course not. I I, no. I feel like I I'm a I'm a co-host, right? Uh, yeah, man, totally. I'm playing with you. Your, your lips say something, but your eyes say something else. Jim, the troll is working right now. Do you know what trolls do? <laughs> the reason trolls exist are to say little floaty things that mean that seem to mean nothing. Like oh, whatever, that's not going to bother me. But it gets down deep and it makes you question stuff. And you start to think it back to a point where, like, you know what? Not only am I upset about this, but I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> this is what trolls live for. We're giving this troll a tasty buffet, and she's slurping it up. Jim, you're not a guest speaker. I'm a co-host, right? You're a co-host. I'm a co-host, goddammit. Um, if anything, I'm the guest speaker. Who's no, just... stop it. You're stop right. It. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it get you down, bud. All right. Thanks. So if you were to, I mean, now that we're on this forum... You can say something to the troll. What would you say to our first troll? What would I say to the first troll? This um, is your chance to defend yourself. I would say your name's not so great either, hideous troll. Yeah, there you go. Give it to her. What else? Yeah. What else you got? 
Um, you probably don't have any friends. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what about just like, like, fuck you. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. She's probably thirteen. So All right. Well, no, I take that back. I, you know what? Next time, take other people's feelings in consideration, hideous troll. I think that's the most uh, productive way to go Ma- about it. It's mature. Let's it's be mature. the mature ones about it's it. It's mature. That's what we are on Trailer Made is we're mature. Mm-hmm. So uh, for any other trolls out there, if you want to hit us up, hit us up at Trailer Made Pod. <laughs> Focus on Jim, and we'll just go through it together on the podcast. I don't know. Let, let AJ feel it, too. Eh, I'm cool. I don't really have feelings. Let's go to the trailers. All right. The first trailer we'll be discussing is for Suspiria. Now, we've already reviewed the teaser for this movie, which came out uh, a couple months ago, which we both loved. This is the first full-length trailer. It's about a minute longer. It actually features dialogue this time. Uh, There's a lot more information to glean from it. Once again, the credits are Luca Guadagnino. He directed uh, Call Me By Your Name. It stars Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Grace Moretz. It is about a girl who goes to study at a prestigious dance school in Berlin, and she she learns about some pretty dark dark she, things happening. She in sees there. some shit. Yeah, a lot of shit. Troll the clip. When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. I feel like I'm not even here yet. <laughs> Complex, incredible. One, two, three. The way she transmits her work. You have to decide what is it you want to be for this company. There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor. You are living with dangerous people. AJ, are you a fan? I'm not only a fan, I'm also terrified. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's what the trailer's trying to do. Uh, for those of you listening, which is everyone, I'm going to throw out some imagery so you can kind of get an idea yeah. of what you're seeing. This one's big on disturbing images. A lot of disturbing images. There's a lot of shots of elder women that seem as if they're in some sort of witch-type cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of screams. There's an occasional shot of what looks like a demon. There's a there's a scene where they're all looking down while someone stabs something, mm-hmm. but you hear... Which we were wondering what that item was in the teaser. Remember, it just showed that yes. item on a table, yep. whatever it is. Yep. This this trailer has pretty much confirmed that's a weapon of it's some a, sort. Yeah, it's this, so they use this weapon to kill people, which is like a giant golden claw. Um, there is a shot of a girl being thrown against a glass mirror. Mm-hmm. It looks like from a ghost-like creature, yeah, and then her face gets almost ripped off, so there's that. Yeah, so I read about that scene in particular. Before there was ever any press images or teasers released for this movie, they revealed that scene, and they played it in its entirety um, to an audience at a, at a film festival. I can't remember which film festival it was, and I read like a brief description of it, it's basically this girl. Did they is practicing. say that like her face gets torn off? They're saying it gets really brutal. Oh my god! She starts getting flung across the room, and obviously someone or something is controlling her her movements. Um, she ends up like urinating, Jesus, because she's in so much pain and so scared. Uh, so yeah, yeah, okay, it, it, way worse than just the face pool that I saw. Yeah. So if you listen to our other episode where we talk about the teaser, one of our biggest things was, yes, it looks amazing. 
but we had no idea what was going on. Right. And we had the, the comment of you could do this to a lot of different trailers and kind of make it so abstract that it's interesting, but there's no context. Right. Your, I think your point, which was interesting and totally valid, was that almost like the music itself was so good exactly. and so disturbing that you could almost put any imagery over it you wanted and it'd still kind of give you the feel that the teaser ends up giving you which is like oh that's creepy and unsettling exactly but what's great about this is it's giving me actual context yeah. and I'm still a fan of it Yeah. also there were some clues I could be completely wrong but I was trying to use clues to figure out like what really the force is or what the not the like Star Wars force but the evil force that is yeah. behind this film what I'm thinking it is it's some sort of possession like it's got to be so. I think it involves witches. I think there's witches, but I think that they're like they're possessing people. There's a quote. I'm not gonna say it's a memorable quote. Yeah, yeah. But let's, it, not, let's not get into that. But it's right. a quote. Okay. When, when you, you dance, dance the dance of another, another you, you make yourself, yourself in the image, image of its creator. creator. That leads me to believe you're dancing in some ghost-like creator <laughs> image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I like I like uh, lines like that because it does it does seem to make a connection between whatever supernatural scary stuff is happening and the actual setting of a dance school. It does seem to be like drawing a correlation between like ballet and witchcraft or possession, whatever it is. Don't don't ballet schools always seem terrifying though? They're terrifying. I'm not, if I have a daughter, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show her this movie and be like, you're not going to dance school. (laughs) You really want to do that? Yeah, play soccer, (laughs) make some pots in clay class. You're not dancing at a witchcraft dance school. Yeah. Or even Black Swan was scary. Give me one non-scary ballet movie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm also a fan. I'm somewhat tempered in my liking for it. I don't think it reached the heights of the previous teaser. I was a really big fan of the teaser. I love teasers that are just all about setting a tone and a mood, and I feel like that was so fantastic at doing that. You like getting teased. I like getting teased, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I still really did like this. I guess my reservations kind of had to do with like the edit of the trailer mm. a bit. I thought the information that it gave you, it, it didn't flow that well to me. You know, the opening like 30 seconds where it's uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, her, her character is explaining something about a woman. At the beginning, she gave me things. Perfect balance, perfect sleep. That felt a little tacked on at the beginning. You know, I know it was kind of like a prelude, but I I felt like the trailer would have been better served had it just started with Dakota Johnson arriving at the school and you learn a little bit about the school. There are some strongly accented statements made in the trailer too, where when the old guy, or whether or not it's actually an old guy, we'll get to that later, is explaining things about there being like three gods or three people playing gods. Three Muslims. I I think he was naming off the the teachers. Yeah. And then Mother Darkness. Yeah. And I, was like, I got that part. The I was like, title. there's the title of the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I'm a fan. And the trailer has done its job in that it's a movie that I'm dying to see. I think the footage looks beautiful. I think the music is fantastic. I think the acting looks great. So everything looks top notch. I just thought the information could have been parsed out in a more effective way. I feel that. Some of the sound bites and things were just a little impenetrable. Um, curious what you're going to say about this old man. So, if you haven't seen the teaser or the trailer, it features an old man who, who has sound bites in this trailer. You hear him talk. And the, there was a lot of internet speculation that this man was, in fact, played by Tilda Swinton. That's what I'm thinking. 
just from yeah. why because he looks kind of womanly. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. I was like, that does look like Tilda Swinton in old man makeup. And this trailer did something really interesting to throw the scent off. They, um, they gave him a name. They gave him a name. Because I looked at that too. I was at like, the who very, is this guy? At the very end of the trailer, uh, as a lot of trailers do, it, it displays the, the, the cast names, you know? So it says Dakota Johnson. Right. And then it shows a shot of Dakota Johnson. Tilda Swinton shows a shot of Tilda Swinton. Big names. Yeah. And then it shows the old man and cuts to a name. Right. And the name is Lutz Eberstorf. So I was like, oh. Oh, Lutz is in this. L- oh, old man Eberstorf. <laughs> It did kind of work on me at first. It, I thought, I thought, oh, I, I guess it is an actual actor. It worked on me too. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to use the internet. <laughs> I'm just going to Google this guy's name. You took an extra minute. I took an extra to minute do a little to bit do more a work, little bit which of I should have done for this podcast. We do have think. a podcast all about you trailers. Would, you would yeah. think I would have done that. So looked him up on IMDb. Yeah. He's got a whole biography. Get out of here. He's only got one credit. This one? This one. Cool. There's a picture of him, or at least a picture of an old man. Doesn't really look like the old man in the movie. In the biography, there's three whole paragraphs. Lutz Eppersdorf was born on February 15, 1936, in Munich, Germany. In 1938, when Eppersdorf was just two, his family fled Nazi Germany. First for Geneva and Switzerland, and then to London. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to read the whole biography. It ends with... Eberstorf has worked in Berlin as a practicing Kleinian analyst. You know what Kleinian analysis is, right? Yeah, I mean, I I minored in it, so I should. Specializing in mother-daughter relationships. Ooh, relevant. Second major. Since 1969. In 2016, director Luca Guadagnino approached Eberstorf to appear in Guadagnino's remake of Dario Argento's Suspiria as Dr. Joseph Klemperer, a Kleinian psychoanalyst. Wow. Did you just say, wow, like Owen Wilson? <laughs> You're like, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they're trying to spin it in a way as like, oh, this guy's a real-life doctor who specializes in the kind of things that this movie's going to deal with, you know, fucked-up mother-daughter relationships. But I'm it, not buying it. No one is buying it. No one's buying it, but no it's cool. It. I give it to them. I, I love it. I think it's great. They're having fun with it. Let them. And then every time someone discovers it, they think they just discovered it. But then yeah. you tell your friends at the water cooler and they're like, <laughs> did you see the spirit trail? And like, yeah, but did you see the IMDb? Exactly. Uh, you know what the film nerds don't know? I got an inside scoop about this guy. He's actually the old man from Up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. What, what a great backstory for the old man from Up. Animated character from Up. <laughs> The director, he was asked if it is indeed Tilda Swinton. He said, that's complete fake news. They made a picture of my actor, Lutz Eberstorf, and they claimed it was Tilda in makeup. I don't know why, and I don't know who. I mean, if I'm the reporter, I'm like, Let, can we talk to Lutz? <laughs> Let me see Lutz. <laughs> Where Lutz at? Oh, it's funny that you asked that. Interesting. The casting director chipped in, too. He's an extremely Wait, pri- is, the, is the casting director also Tilda Swinton? The casting director is Stella Savino Sounds fake (laughs) Also played by Tilda Swinton She said He's an extremely private person Who would prefer not to comment at this time We've promised him, no matter what To do our best to protect his privacy This was part of the deal we closed with him at the time I'm sure it will be easier to persuade him To grant some interviews When Suspiria will be closer to the release date 
Oh man, so she's coming back. Let's take her up on her word. So so Tilda Swinton. So what has to happen now is Tilda Swinton needs to like make appearances as this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't end it here. Like this is gonna be a thing. Yeah. You have you, to. And then you have to like maybe you have some some viral videos. I mean, this will all be planned, but of Tilda Swinton as what's his name? The, the, the actor. actor is Lutz Eberstorff, okay, but he's we'll say fake. Lutz. And then, but the character is uh, Dr. Klemper. I need some iPhone Joseph footage Klemper. of Lutz like in a strip mall, <laughs> just like walking into Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing, and I like it. I need that... Lutz like buying candles. <laughs> <laughs> they committed. They that, committed. That's like some real like prestige. Shit yeah, right there. you got to go for it. I think it's great, but you have to commit. Like that's the act. That's her acting. Exactly. There's there's no stop and start for Tilda. Do you think Daniel Day Lewis is super jealous right now? <laughs> He's like, I wanted to play Let's Ever Story. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the new Netflix film Outlaw King, directed by David McKenzie, same director who did Hell or High Water. Fan of that movie. Huge fan of that movie. Uh, this is a medieval epic about Robert the Bruce, starring Chris Pine. Do you know that Robert the Bruce was the character in Braveheart as well? Oh, that's right. He's like the king of Scotland who betrays William Wallace. Yeah. But then ends up siding with him and fighting the fight that William Wallace started. I didn't even realize that. I knew the name sounded familiar. Same character. And I guess Braveheart took some creative liberties when telling the story of William Wallace. Um, Definitely. I don't know if Robert the Bruce actually betrayed William Wallace at one time or not. Well, Outlaw King also took some creative liberties because Chris Pine... Is, is starring in Bruce it. And, you know, probably didn't look like that. <laughs> no, probably not. Let's roll the clip. Thinking about revenge. Where's Robert? Where's your husband? It tears at the soul. Where's your brother? But it can also be a weapon. We need to unite Scotland. Robert the Bruce is an outlaw. Any man or woman who would give shelter to him or his ranks is to be executed without trial. The people are desperate for justice. I serve Robert Bruce! Join us to free our I have 50 men to fight the strongest dog in the world. This is how we do it. All right, Jim, throwing it to you. You a fan. I'm a fan. There are a lot of things about this movie that if you were to put on paper, I would question. And I'd say, red flag, not liking it. Uh, For one, Chris Pine playing a a, a Scottish king. Scottish anybody, for that matter, but a Scottish (laughs) person back in the 1300s. Look, I like you, but I'm not sure you can pull this off. Also, just, you know, this kind of movie nowadays, it feels pretty stale. I haven't seen a medieval epic in a while that's been exciting you know it feels kind of like a stale genre to me it's very hard to nail what, what was the last medieval movie you saw or anything in this time well of course there's game of, of thrones, thrones yeah. but that's you know a fantasy um and that's tv i'll keep tv out of this yeah, keep tv out of this get out of here tv it's been a long time like honestly they don't come even, out, they don't come out from that era but it was Maybe Gladiator was like the last sword movie that was, you know, a, a historical epic that felt really exciting and felt like it captured the zeitgeist, you know? Yeah, mine was King Arthur, the new one, the Guy Ritchie one. Like, yeah, obviously, that that's fantasy. Bad. It wasn't bad, but it still, like, it didn't give you that same, like, no. realness. 
No. So I was in the same boat. Like, I was like, this is going to be bad. It's yeah. also straight to Netflix. Not anything against that, but it comes with a little bit of a stereotype. Right, right. But I thought the trailer did a great job. It didn't transcend any of its genres tropes. It still looks like it is about dudes trying to fight for the sovereignty of their country. And uh, rebelling against this tyrannical government. You could fight for God. For country. For family. I do not care. So long as you fight! But I thought it delivered on those tropes really well and very tastefully. Uh, I liked how it started off. I bought Chris Pine's Scottish accent. Granted, I'm not an expert on accents, but um, I thought the acting looked really good in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson is like a right-hand man. I think he's cast well for that part. Stephen Delaney, uh, who you might recognize from Game of Thrones. He was he plays Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Great bad guy. Do, do you feel like in any time they try to do medieval or in these fantasy worlds, like you all... It's hard eat, to avoid Game of Thrones. Or, like, but it's you hard have to, to avoid throw at any, least one person yeah. in there. In, in King Arthur, again, they had uh, Littlefinger. Yeah. Like, I was like, of course, but they like shaved his mustache. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so he's different. Okay. Different character, <laughs> not Littlefinger. At least they're just owning up to it. Like, hey, they work. It's, I mean, honestly, you have this this mega successful show that casts a bunch of really talented actors who are playing in this field. It'd be hard to be casting for a movie like this and not go with at least one Game of Thrones actor. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought the music was great. I thought the footage was really cool. The footage Some is of, amazing. I thought the battles looked really great. Um this trailer does beg the question that we've kind of talked about before, how shitty it would be to live in the Middle Ages. Oh my god. It's so bad. It's kind of worst case scenario. Like the deaths are going bad. into a fight. Can you imagine like picking your weapons when you're going into a fight? Like <laughs> no. I guess I'll take the axe yeah. and um What rips eyes out the easiest? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? The spike chain throw? I'll, I'll have that. Yeah. Oh, what's this do? Oh, it burns them alive. Cool. But you have to stab them first. And all the while I would just be thinking about what would it be like if those weapons were turned against me? I guess they didn't think that way back then. <laughs> I don't know how anybody got into battles back in the day without pissing themselves. They must have just been like, okay, I guess I die today. <laughs> yeah. But is it is it I think that's the only way you could go into a battle just being like, I'm gonna die today. It might be hopefully, black black tar from the <laughs> Hopefully it's not so sky. bad. <laughs> Maybe an arrow catches me off guard. That, I mean that would be that would be ideal. Yeah, I guess that would be ideal. Or like a dragon's gonna come and burn me alive and eat me. Well, don't get the real world confused with Game of Thrones. Let me ask you this. What weapon would you pick if you were going into battle in the 1300s? Well, I feel like I wouldn't really choose the weapon as much as the weapon chose me. Okay. Because I'd probably be like a leader. I'm the, regretting asking this question and now. Like, you know, kings have swords, Jim. <laughs> so you're a sword guy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a king with a sword. I'm going to pick the bow and arrow. I'm just going to stand far away and shoot stuff. <laughs> with a bunch of other dudes in yeah. tights? Yeah. Cool. I'll yell at my friends like, get out of the way. I'm going to shoot right over there. So, what's up, guys? Bring your, oh, I left an arrow at home. Like, I got you. I got another arrow. Here you go. Thanks, man. What are we doing Shit. after this? <laughs> yeah. What did you think? Yeah, were no, you a fan? I, I was a fan. I was a fan. I, I didn't think I was going to be a fan, similar to you. I was biased, though, because I love Hell or High Water. And it does feel, and Hell or it High is, Water wasn't, it wasn't a Western. Yeah. But it had Western elements in, in feel. Mm. And I just think that using those type of elements in this type of medieval setting is very cool. What got you me. You thought there, there were some Western elements in this? Yeah. Just, well, and just in terms of like pacing, and, and it, was, it, it was not dumbed down, it was simplified. Yeah. You have these big 
battles and these big epic settings where like in Lord of the Rings where it's so over the top and so massive that you get detached. This felt close mm-hmm. and it felt real. Like there's a shot towards the beginning where they're on a rowboat and it just stays on Chris Pine's face. I think that's a really good point that you make. It, the, the whole trailer is very much grounded by Chris Pine's character trajectory. Yeah. It's all about him and him being wronged by this government and what is he going to do. Rather than being about the situation. Rather a lot than, of times it focuses more on the bigger picture yeah. than on the, the person. Yeah. And it was narrow enough that I felt it. And uh, again, the shots are over the top beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very, very pretty. So that immediately got me. I, was like, I, I realized they were going for something a little bit different. Also, Chris Pine kind of has a what the fuck am I doing face a lot of the time. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Oh man, I'm a king now? Like, I'm in Scotland? And you think I, that works for the story? I kind of think it works. <laughs> yeah. Even like he's yelling, there's a shot of him yelling to the army with the big helmet on, and the helmet's kind of like over his eyes where he can't really see. Mm. But it felt a little bit more real and less gaudy to mm-hmm. me. And, yeah. and that's what made me want to watch it. Yeah, I think that's a, what you said is a really good point. Um, I also felt like the trailer was modern. I think a lot of these movies set back in the day, kind of take on certain old-fashioned tropes. A cliche version of this trailer would open with big, wide shots of old-world England and old-world Scotland, and it would have some cheesy, like, Scottish music playing in the background. And this actually starts off with a hard cut on Chris Pine in a rowboat with a guy talking to him about the good and bad things about revenge. Uh, yeah, I, I, So all you need in a movie, Jim. Chris Pine, a rowboat, and revenge. Might need a little more than that, but... Moving on. <laughs> okay, the next trailer we'll be reviewing is because AJ made us. Um, it's called Slice. It's the <laughs> next movie to come out from A24. It's starring uh, Chance the Rapper and uh, Zeze Beats, Hannibal Burris, a bunch of other comedians. It is about a bad pizza delivery service and a werewolf and a a vampire maybe i can't remember some kind of monsters yeah something like that you know what just let's just play a clip from the trailer i'm gonna tell you a story about a ghost a werewolf and a pretty shitty pizza place it all started when the werewolf came back to town a pizza delivery boy was murdered while making a routine delivery or deny ghost involvement the killing of Sean Hammerschmidt. Looks like I'm going on a wolf hunt tonight. What the fuck does that have to do with pizza? Your pizza place is a gateway to hell. Wait, wait, so you're telling me that my pizza place is built on a gateway to hell? (laughs) I feel like that sigh just says it all for me. AJ, what did you think? Are you a fan? Jim, we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) This trailer. You better not do memorable quotes. I'm not not doing (laughs) memorable quotes. Even though feedback was great. Thanks, (laughs) listeners. This trailer for Slice is what I like to call a bear trap trailer. And no, there's no jingle for that either, but it would have been good. (laughs) Bear trap trailer. (laughs) A bear trap trailer is this. Is this something that you made up? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. You think I read anything and make shit up? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a bear trap like, trailer, Is this a Jim? term for trailers? It could be now. Okay. If you want to vote for it, please do. <laughs> a bear trap trailer is a trailer that lures you in with everything you think you want. That's interesting because it turned me off right from the get-go, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, for bears like me, it, it's out there. It shows you things you want. Like, oh, 
Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I like Chance the Rapper. Werewolves. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ghosts. I like good werewolf movies. Pizza. Okay, you're just naming things, but okay. Anyway. Your point being, these are all things that you like. These are all things I love. Okay. Sneakers. Why? Wh- sneakers play a part in the In the trailer, towards the end, there it just lists off a bunch of things on a pizza box that this movie has. Oh, okay. It says evil, mystery, scooters, betrayal, murder, sneakers, and pepperoni. And I do actually I love- I must have zoned out by the end of the trailer because <laughs> I didn't catch any of that. I do like all these things, but the reason it's bear trap is because right when you go for what you think you like, it snaps your leg off because it's a terrible trailer. <laughs> it's a terrible trailer. It's bad. Thank you. I thought- I, I didn't like it. Thought you were gonna love it. No, I, I okay. wanted to so bad. I was like, you're gonna hurt this podcast by. I wanted to love it so bad, listeners. Here's what's up with the trailer. Basically, it's a movie about a pizza parlor, not a pizza. Uh, what do you call it? Pizza restaurant? A shitty pizza restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pizza parlor. Pizza delivery service. I, I but it's know. built on like a demand or like a weird. It's built on the gate on a gate of hell. It's built on a gate of hell. Yeah. Meanwhile, or a gate to hell. A gate to hell. There's like werewolves. I think Chance the Rapper is a werewolf. But you don't really see anything. It's mm. just like faces and like some lines that aren't that funny with really funny cast. Mm-hmm. Like we love these com- good comedians. Chris, I heard Chris Parnell's voice and I was in immediately. But it's not funny. And mm. then it just cuts to like pretty bad special effects, but not even in an over the top bad way. Even though that's what they're going for. It was just mm. boring. Also, the music. You have Chance the Rapper in your film, and you're not using a Chance the Rapper song. They played this wannabe Stranger Things song which was yeah. terrible and then they even have Steve from Stranger Things in it it was a lot of bad oh yeah it does have the Stranger Things guy yeah yeah it, it was just a lot of like bad dialogue with shots that don't spark anything or mm-hmm. make you the least bit intrigued I love pizza and I love ghosts <laughs> and werewolves and all that shit and sneakers but even I couldn't get behind this and it's A24 yeah I think it's definitely gonna be the worst movie that A24 has ever released. I hope we're wrong. I can't imagine it being any good. I mean, I'm not even making fun of the trailer so much as the movie itself, because sometimes, sometimes, you know, when you're judging a trailer, it's hard to separate, all right, what is because of the movie and what is because of the trailer? Um, It just looks cheap. It looks really cheap. It looks like a college film. Yeah, it does. And like you said, the jokes aren't funny. I would forgive it if it was actually really funny. I can forgive cheap production values for, like, inspired comedy. This didn't feature any of that. It just looked stale, cheap, and a waste of time. I, I, I think I think the reason I'm so sad about this, and that's why I really wanted to bring this up, is to express my disappointment. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is I really want to make this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like This, this does is, look like a movie that you would make. This is a movie I would make. You, you're a big fan of the comedy-horror hybrid. I like the comedy-horror hybrid. I like all the comedians in it. Mm. I like over-the-top stuff. I just think like the, the elements are there to play with, but they're just not played with in the correct way. Yeah, I suppose the 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 concept has legs. I I could get on board with a movie like this. What if I were to, if I were to walk up to you and be like, all right, I'm writing a movie. It's about a pizza store, pizza parlor. What the, what do you call a pizza place? A pizza parlor. I think you nailed it. Pizza parlor. Let's but I've never said like you want to go to a pizza parlor. Yeah, no. Okay, it's a pizza restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on top of I love how we're str- really struggling. <laughs> on top of to an evil restaurant. wormhole of death, mm-hmm. and there's a mysterious werewolf running around. I'm in. It's a bad execution. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then the, and the worst terrible. part is you can still have a bad movie, but a great trailer, which yeah. we've talked about. This is this could have been that. 
Yeah, I think like I, use the, the crazy shit. I would chance just, the rapper song and make it cool and fun. A twenty four, and then people will go see it. So if this movie is as bad as it looks through the trailer, I think your only option as a trailer editor is just to m- go bonkers with the edit totally. and try to make the edit itself really funny. Yeah, they could have done so much with this yeah. edit. That was kind of. I remember when I saw Sorry to Bother You, I kind of had that fear going into the movie because I thought the trailer was so bonkers and entertaining that I, in the back of my head, I was thinking. Maybe this movie I won't really like that much. You know, the trailer just kind of won you over with with its energy and, 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 yeah, out there humor. But I I remember being very relieved when watching the movie to see that, like, oh, no, this is actually a very thoughtful, uh, funny, and smart movie. Yeah. This, this, I will be very surprised if it turns out being one of those. Are you going to even see it? No. Okay. I'll tell you how it is. (laughs) All right. Time for a new segment. I'm very excited to do this. So we want to do a new segment. Uh, we were thinking about past trailers, old trailers. I mean, before Jim and I were podcast hosts, we were just two bros who liked trailers, and we would talk about them all the time. And it's not fair to us, it's not fair to the trailers, and it's not fair to you, the listener, that we didn't get to put our thoughts on those trailers on a podcast that didn't exist back then. But guess what? We have a podcast now, and we're going to talk about them in what we like to call our Hall of Fame of Trailers. Actually, why don't we call it the Trailer Hall of Fame? The Trailer Made Hall of Fame. All right, why so not, let's put our name in it. Okay, so why don't see we're we're brainstorming here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what we like to call the, the Trailer Made Hall, Hall of fame. fame. Okay, so this is the first installment of this segment. Uh, there will hopefully be many other times. This time, we're going to hear one of my favorite trailers. It is not the number one trailer of all time. That's not why I'm saying it first. It's just a trailer I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast for a while now, and I think it's one of the all-time greatest trailers. I'm talking about the teaser for The Revenant. I'm going to get into my feelings and thoughts about this trailer, but first, let me just gauge your reaction to my election. Do you agree? Does it belong in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Jim, I feel like if I didn't agree, we wouldn't have this online show. Good. I definitely agree. Yeah. I think we saw this movie together. Yeah, we did, didn't we? I actually think we saw this trailer together in theaters. We might have. I mean, I definitely saw it on the online for the first I'm time. I'm just trying to say so to the listener yeah, thinks that we actually hang out outside of this. But anyway, it's fantastic. It's great. It's dramatic. It's crazy. It's the type of footage that strikes you mm. right off the bat. It's the type of footage that makes you realize this is more than, dare I say, a movie. It opens on a shot of Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> wearing animal skins looking up on a mountain with an avalanche coming towards him, and it all looks real as fuck. It's it's a really- That's more than a movie. That's a for real avalanche. That yeah, started. that's what I'm saying. This is more than a movie. This is real shit. They started that avalanche? Yes. That's why this movie is so amazing. The director, Alejandro- Alejandro. Alejandro, my bad. Alejandro Inaritu. 
he must be insane because I was reading like behind the scenes stuff about this movie and they were like actually like detonating explosives off on that mountain and starting a real avalanche just so it could be happening in the in the, in the background, background yeah. of the shot. Yeah. But that, I love movies that will do that. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know how he convinced producers or a studio to put money up so he could, you know, it's the first indulge it's his the artistic first impulses like that. It's a killer first shot for a trailer because the trailer after this shot is just nonstop. balls to the wall, nonstop, heart pounding action. So it's really cool that it starts off on this slow, ominous shot with Leo's voiceover. Everything about this trailer is pitch perfect. The beginning is great. It's beautiful imagery. His soundbite takes you in right away. He says, I ain't afraid to die anymore. I've done it already. I'm in. How did you almost die? <laughs> Tell us, Leo. And then, drum beat. Yeah, like Native American drum beat. Yes. And from that point on, it's just intense, glorious action. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of arrows uh, flying and whizzing past the camera. There's a Native American attack with a bunch yeah. of fur trappers that are trying to get on a boat. People are getting shot with arrows. It looks like you're in the battle. Mm-hmm. Someone falls and water gets on the lens. Yeah. Which I like that they show that that's oh, what yeah. they're gonna kind of go for. That this is gonna be like a dirty, down in the mud, but also beautiful movie. So the first action sequence culminates in just a very well-timed title card saying, from director Alejandro Iñárritu. And then it goes into the breathing. What I wanted to talk about mainly with this trailer is that song that's in the second half of it. More so than any other trailer, I really want to sit down and talk with the editor of this trailer. Who made that song? Was it composed by a musician? Or do you think it was like some editor who just went above and beyond their pay grade and, you know, one day they're just like, what are we going to do for music? And the guy is like, oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had some time last night, so I just took Leo's breathing heavily and sat at a drum beat and made a really kick-ass track. Is that, your, is that your being carried off the field moment? You know how everyone has that one moment where it's like you feel like you're being carried off the field by scoring a touchdown? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jim is an editor in real life. Like, is this your moment? Like, could, could you think of anything better than being the, pers- being the editor being to come up with that? Being the person that, like, came up with that song? Yeah. I don't think you could accomplish anything much greater than that. It's a hot sure, take. sure, it's a you hot could. Hot take. At least in the world of trailers. In the world of trailers, I don't think so. It's an amazing song, and it's composed totally of. It, there, there's a drum beat in there, yes, but other than that, it's it's all sounds from the movie. What what, I, I, what, what trailer? What other trailer? No, has no, done I'm that? with you. It's it, it's amazing. But what I think is so effective about it is the breathing's dramatic mm-hmm. and, and cool. Yes. But the type of imagery you see is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's just Leo exhausted running mm-hmm. and fighting a bear and like laying in the snow just panting. And then he's on a horse also trying to escape more Indians. And just everything about it is tiring. Mm-hmm. 
and the breath. The movie is pretty tiring. The, the movie is exhausting. Well, watching the movie, like you're just like, Jesus, what what else is the, this guy have to endure? But the breathing kind of yeah. pushes that, where you feel like you're just nonstop moving the entire time and exhausted. The music functions on a couple levels because, yeah, it gives you that sense of exhaustion and just energy. It's like, oh my God, it's huffing and puffing. This guy's going to have to work really hard to accomplish whatever he's trying to accomplish. The which you don't thing, even know. Which the teaser doesn't really tell you what the main story is of this movie, which I'm totally fine with. It does, though, kind of give you a hint that it's going to be a chase movie. I think the breathing and huffing does kind of clue you into that. that and this he's, is, and, and this is going to be him in pursuit of something or someone in pursuit of him. Well, he's also being chased a lot. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> being chased a few times in this movie. Yeah, that's true. But it's it's so good. The The song works on many levels. What do you think the mom that was given the, other, the Overlord trailer a hard time what do you think her reaction would be to this? I think she probably would have been like, Jesus. Ooh. What, not but a- like maybe like, I want to see that. <laughs> what, what if she was just like, oh my. Yeah, yeah, I could totally, that's such like a, a, a mom thing to do. Like, oh wow, oh, oh, my. Oh my. Oh my. Ooh. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, something like that. I also think it's fun to go back and contextualize some of these trailers. This trailer came out in 2015. It was very much in the shadow of all of the amazing marketing being done for Star Wars The Force Awakens. That was dominating a lot of discussion on movies at the time. Which was doing um, a good job because those trailers were great too. I mean, I love those trailers. I'm, I would be totally happy with one of those trailers being in the Hall of Fame. Being in the Hall of Fame. We'll see. Down the line. We'll see. I'm uh, up next. Those Star Wars trailers were fantastic. But it was so impressive that this R rated, brutal, Wilderness art house, film. Art house wilderness film came in and made a name for itself and was able to form, you know, other circles of conversation. And it was effective, too. The, the production of the movie was pretty infamous for how difficult it was. Uh, and it ended up going way over schedule, way over budget. And it kind of had an air of just like, ooh, this movie might stink. It costs a shit ton of money and they don't know what they're doing. And this 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 might have disaster written all over it. I think this trailer did a lot in convincing people no. For all the difficulties that, that happened during the making of it, it's, it's it. gonna be worth it in the end. I feel like they could have just shown that first shot and everyone yeah. been like, okay, sorry. Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Our bad. You're right. This looks great. It's also worth noting that they hadn't even finished shooting the movie by the time this teaser was made. Yep. They had to take a long pause in production because they ran out of snow while making it. Because it took too long. It took too long to make the movie. So they had to travel. And so for the last scene of the movie, they shot it, I guess, in chronological order, too. So that last scene of the movie where Leo has the showdown and it's all in this snowy, mountainous landscape, they hadn't even shot that yet. And they're, they're already editing the movie, editing the trailer before finishing principal photography. It's, just, it's amazing to me. Well, you know, they did the same thing with Slice. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense, actually. If that's the case for Slice, look, guys, I get it. If you guys haven't finished making the movie, it's that's, fine. that's fine. You know, they're Sorry. just going for some real hard shit. <laughs> nope, it's amazing. It's uh, over the top. It's more than a movie. It's visually striking. It's an experience. It's an experience. It's one of those where the mom would freak out, and you and I, after the trailer, would just be silent and go, oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, Let me ask you this, actually, since we had this segment last episode. Do you think... The trailer, this trailer in particular, is better than the movie. No. 
You think the movie's better? Than I think the, the movie's better. I, I mean, I, I just really enjoyed the movie. The trailer is amazing and gets everything you need out of it, but the movie leaves you with such a different feeling Yeah, that you know this trailer just couldn't do, for better or for worse. I felt like the the film was like a, a distance race. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like I was almost in pain. You're exhausted watching it, but I feel like that was effective with the film. Yeah, and it needs to be that way. You can't top the movie for me. Yeah. I'm a little torn with uh with answering that. Actually, I, I can't really answer my own question because I think they're different. I think. Well, I also just think it's it's more of an accomplishment to make a great movie than it is to make a great trailer. At the end of the day, it's much harder to make something that is two hours or so long and. You know, have it take make, like three years make to make. It, yeah, exactly. That said, I think the trailer is probably more groundbreaking than the movie itself. Just, I just, think, just in terms of design, I just think the trailer stands apart from other trailers more so than the movie stands apart from other movies. You it's can challenge bold. me it's on that. I just, uh, I just, I just think the trailer is really special. Okay, and granted, and I also have to say, the trailer wouldn't be as special if the movie wasn't fine, right? Shot but, and performed so well what came first yes the trailer of the egg jim that was a great nominee thanks man into our first hall of fame we'll put it up on the imaginary shelf yep the revenant teaser that is the first one to enter the trailer made hall, hall of, of fame. fame so that's it for this episode uh i'd like to thank uh my guest speaker jim oh you son of a bitch for coming in on his spare time <laughs> and uh blessing us with his presence uh any trolls out there if you want to keep feeding him he's hungry Hit us up on Twitter at TrailerMadePod, Gmail, TrailerMadePod at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor, and we'll maybe put you on the show. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Trailer Made. A podcast for the trail-loving community.